0: Hi, this is Bonnie Bramlett, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast, with your panties on.
1: Welcome to Pamela DeBar's Pajama Party, a Pantheon Podcast. Music. Culture conversation, a
2: play a song for me.
1: and good old-fashioned rock and roll. Excuse me, while so now, I give you Miss Pamela and her Pajama Party.
0: Hello dolls, this is Pamela DeBar. You are listening to Pamela DeBar's Pajama Party on Pantheon Podcasts. We have so many podcasts now, I can't count them all. I hope you listen to all of us. It's, it's, it's the only com- total music podcasting company in the world. So listen to all of our podcasts. Um, I am known as uh, the world's most famous groupie, and that's fine, because a groupie is another word for love, L-U-V. So never think of a groupie as a, as, as a pejorative, okay? Okay, dolls, because it only means the love of music and the people who make it. And today I have the most amazing music maker on. Her name is Susie Quattro. Susie has sold 55 million records. There aren't many people who could say that. And so I'm really honored and thrilled to speak with her. She started playing bass in in The Pleasure Seekers with her sisters when she was 14. Went on to, of course, be Susie Quattro for many years, many number ones all over the world. And then she was on Happy Days for three years, three seasons. I mean, and, and she continues to keep on doing what she does. So it's just such an honor to have her here today. We only, you know, there's so much that she could tell us that I'm gonna have her back sometime soon because we just tip of the old iceberg dolls. But here, please enjoy your hour with Susie Quattro. Quattro here, and I'm beside myself. I cannot tell you what a thrill this is, and an honor, Susie. Thank oh you my God. Much. It's it's such a, oh, anyway, I could go on and on, but I only have you for a certain period of time. Uh, i have really enjoying the new record, The Devil Thank In you. Me, it's awesome. Is the devil in you? Is the de- I mean. Well, you know what, I gotta say, I gotta say,
3: um, very much, from my mother, all that that song. When I was little, that I was I was growing up, she always told me all the time. She used to say, "Out of the five children, you're the shyest, the sweetest, and always the one with the mischief in her eyes."
0: Oh! And she
3: was the one that said you were an angel until your halo slipped and it became a noose. So, <laughs> it always stuck with me. I've, it's mischievous devil in me more than anything else. Yeah. I mean, if I can bother somebody, I will that's
0: basically me. <laughs> if you can bow to someone i will I enjoy that myself. <laughs> i'm bowing to you right now
3: my my husband always says um he always says it's for 27 years now my middle name is trouble oh. but it's, it's it is <laughs> it's mischievous. trouble not evil trouble well you know like if let's for i'll give you real quick for instance he's watching a football game he loves football okay i will come and stand in front of the television. And he'll wait for me to move, and I won't. This is what I mean. And the longer he waits for me to move, and the matter he gets, the harder I'm laughing. So this is what I mean by mischievous—just to be annoying.
0: <laughs> or yes, I love.
3: I love you to annoying? annoy people. Okay. <laughs> I, I take. I take great pride in driving people crazy.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, somehow though, you—you you must have a fantastic uh, upbringing like, like you mentioned your mother right away. So I, you, you know, the, the fact that you were able to do what you did when no one else was doing that as a woman, uh, as a girl, actually, um, you, you must've had a lot of good grounding from your folks. And yes, there were five of you. So I think that probably helps to have a yeah. big, family. Yeah, yeah they, but it was,
3: I, I, I talk about it a lot. Um, you know, my mom was, uh, very religious. She was a strict Catholic, but with a sense of fun. So she, I'm very much her daughter. You know, I'm, I'm quite square in a way. You know, you're married, you're married. I'm that kind of person. If you're, if you're single, do what you like. But if you're married, you're married. If you with somebody, I believe in mono, monogamy, um, to take your vows, you take your vows. Uh, and she gave me these tracks to run down. And they're very strict tracks. And even though we all veer a little bit here and there, I'm not an angel. We all veer. <laughs> Yeah. I always know the way back home. And I know the way, oh, bless her.
0: Aww, I just funny. felt her just said, oh. I always know the way back home. Yeah. Oh, that, that even that got, did you just feel that? Yeah, I did in my arms up and down, but that's a beautiful song. Write it. I'm going to write it. Yes. Yeah.
3: That, I always knew the way back home. I'm just going
0: to write it down. Don't go away. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it is a, yeah. I got chills up my arms.
3: I'm just so creative right now. It's ridiculous. I just can't stop. I got my my fifth book coming out. Wow. And, and what I was going to say was wow. my dad gave me my, um, I always know the way back home. Oh, yes. such a beautiful. Oh, she I'm... must be here. Okay. Um, my dad on that side of it. So I had that strong, strong moral code from my mom. Um, and... Always, she put in my head. She said it a lot. The woman makes the choice. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. The woman makes the choice. You say yes or you say no, and that that stuck with me my whole life. Then oh. career wise, I know career wise, my dad. I, I can tell you one story that illustrates it. I was about sixteen, and I'd been in the band for two years, and I think he sensed first of all. I know, because he told me, he sensed I had the X factor, so I was going to go all the way. He always told me that you have charisma, Susie. He always said that from a little girl. And and he knew that I was serious. And he took me aside. I've been in the band for a couple of years. And he said, Susie, I want to talk to you. Now, my dad's a musician, okay? All his life. So I said, okay. He said, now, I'm going to tell you a few things. I want you to remember them for the rest of your life. I said, okay. He said, first of all, what you're doing right now, it's a profession. Mm. It's a profession. I said, right. right. He said, okay, number one, number two, if you're doing a gig and there's 10 people or 10,000, I said, right. He said, every one of those people has taken their hard-earned money out of their pocket and paid to see you and you owe them. Mm. So, wow, that, that did stick with me. Both but, of those things, you know.
0: Yeah, that's a very different attitude than most rock
3: stars have. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, you know, I, I am, my, my I say it the way my husband says it. He said it right pretty quickly after we started being together. He said, "You may be the wild one on stage, but off stage, you're the mild one." <laughs> huh? <laughs> I can't quite imagine that, but perhaps. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm not <laughs> mild, but 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 when you go on stage, you're doing your your performance, you know. But that is. That is me. That is me. It's just that part of me. I'm a Gemini. Yes.
0: I noticed that. Well, to, to st- my mom's a Gemini. Yeah. So oh, yeah. we're not easy. We're not easy. Are we? No, you know what it is? We are,
3: I say we're complicated people. There's a lot of layers. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's two of
0: yeah. you at least. Oh, you can't do it easy. I know <laughs> my, my mom always, you know, I always knew something was up with my parents. They never fought in front of me, but my mom gave him the silent treatment, man. That was mm. some, some really wicked shit in the air when that, <laughs> that went on. Well, you know what, I'll tell you a little
3: secret about Geminis is when we scream and shout and bark and bite and all that, it's, it's no big deal. Hmm. It's out and over within 30 seconds.
0: Uh huh. When we're deeply hurt, yeah. we go completely silent. Huh? I noticed that with my mom. That's for sure. Yeah, but
3: you have to hurt hard. If you have to yeah. go deep for that one, yeah, Because yeah. otherwise, it's like I don't hold grudges,
0: and I, mm-hmm. if I'm mad. I just scream it out, and then it's done. It's done. What made you? You know, I mean, you started so young. Now, Susie Quattro, for those of you listening, has been in the business for 55 years. Is that correct? Seven, nearly. It'll be 58 June the third. I mean I know it's amazing. Is it, is it amazing to you? I mean, the devil well, by I, and all of a sudden it's 58 years. I mean just...
3: I just keep thinking they must have put the wrong date on the birth certificate because, <laughs> because I'm going to be 71 in a couple of weeks. And I'm going, What? I, yeah. I just I just don't get it. You know, I don't not that that. I care. Not that I care. I'm proud of it and I announce it from the stage, but yeah, I, I have exactly the same energy, I have exactly the same passion. Um, I still have the fire in my belly.
0: I still need it. So nothing's changed, just the number. Isn't that true? I'm 72. And I remember helping my mom get her jacket on. We were looking in the mirror one day and she was 72. And she said, I keep thinking I'm going to see a 21-year-old in the mirror. So that is it. It's It it really doesn't change. It's fascinating. It doesn't. And I, I, gave, um, I have a theory and I've said it
3: for a long time now. A lot of people, you know, they say to you, oh, what's your secret? Da, 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 da. I, I only have one secret. And this is, this is for me to you. And I mean it. I actually don't give a shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's my secret. I don't give a shit. You, you I never have. Mean, and I never what, will. What people think you mean?
1: You no, mean, I don't
3: give a shit Holiday. I just oh, don't well, care well. even about the process. I don't care even about the process. Um, you know, so you look in the mirror, you see what comes. You know what lines yeah, you get. But yeah. Everybody's the same, but I'm fine. I'm 71 soon. I'm not going to get younger. So why <laughs> not just why not just why not just roll with it and make it work for you, I like I did it. with the gender.
0: I don't do gender. I never did. You know I don't yeah. care. I want to talk about that because now it's it's all gender oriented. Everything is gender oriented. You know the Me Too thing and all that very important stuff but you came out and did your thing in black leather and all that without thinking, I am going to change the world as a, f- a female. And that's different than a lot of women feel today. And and, yeah. and I was the same. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't see gender either. Maybe it's our generation because we were so open to everything. It seems. I
3: don't know if it's a generational thing. I think it's down to an individual. Mm-hmm. I never did gender from as long back as I can remember, but I'll tell you a A funny little story. Um, First of all, as you just said, and I'm very honest about it. I did not realize when I was first starting the half hits and I broke, you know, around the world, this girl with the bass guitar. I didn't realize I didn't have an agenda and I didn't have a plan. All I was doing was and I'm exactly the same now. I was stubbornly sticking to who I was, whether it made it or not. I can't be that. I can't be that. Here's the real true thing. When you're growing up, and I bet you can relate to this, when you're growing up and you cannot find a niche to fit into, okay? And I knew it. And yeah. I love my family, but I didn't fit there, didn't fit there. Where do I fit? Got in the band. We're doing kind of music. And, the, and then all of a sudden, I found my niche. I knew I was that. Yeah. I was that, you know? So I I couldn't bend and be like somebody else, and maybe I can make it easier if I'm like that. Gonna no. I stuck to me. There's no guarantee I was going to make it. No guarantee. It was very different. But I think the fact that I wasn't, and I've talked to many famous male musicians about this. Mm -hmm. Many. When we're sitting at a bar, we end up talking all this stuff, you know, after a gig, it's a big festival. Yeah. And and I'm curious. So I always say to them, I watch their faces to see if they're doing any bullshit. (laughs) And I, I will say to this group of famous people, Um, when you first saw me on TV, it was like, ah, you know, I said, did it look to you like I was a girl showing you I could be as good as the guys. And they immediately always go, no, not at all. Mm -hmm. Did it look like I was trying to be sexy? No, not at all. So it was just me. Thank God me being natural. Yeah. And it had to fall when I look in hindsight at the grand old age of 70 now. I look back on it now, knowing when I see what happened, you know, when you see the documentary, yeah, sure. yeah. that followed, now I get it, but it had to fall on somebody's shoulders like me who was doing it for no other reason than it was who they were. Do you see what I mean? I'm yeah. not manufactured. I'm right. just me. And I'll tell you just the end of the story. Cause it's funny. Cherie Curry has become a very good friend of mine. Um, she was on the documentary. She wrote yes. me a song at the end of it. Just lovely. And I went to the first, premiere in London, um, the end of 2019 Regent theater, you know, and I little bit nervous. I hadn't seen it with an audience before. So it's a little bit, Oh God. Then you really see it when the audience is there, you really yeah, you're getting a
0: reaction. It. Yeah.
3: Yes. So I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to sneak in. Cause I'm supposed to come up at the end and do the question and answer. Yeah. I said, I'm going to sneak in and watch the movie. So I stood there trying to be unobtrusive. A few people looked, and I went shh, shh, and they they didn't they didn't call attention to me. Watching the film, I was in tears Aww. nearly all the way through. I kept going things like, "You think that," and "I did that," and in the uncomfortable moments, there were at least seven moments I wanted to get on my hands and knees and crawl out of the cinema. <laughs> um, but I was I was humbled and amazed and all these different things. Crying, And the next day, I called Cherie. And I said, I have something to tell you. (laughs) I laugh when I say it. I said, but I was serious. I said, I have something to tell you. She said, what? I said, I went to my first premiere last night. She said, yes. I said, and I just realized something. And she said, what? And I said that by me doing what I did, I gave permission to women all over the world to be different. And there was a long silence. And she Hmm. went, and you just got that? (laughs) That's one of my favorite stories, perfect comic timing. And you yes. just got, I said, yes. But what I like about that story is that it's refreshing because I did not have
0: an agenda. Right, well, you weren't, that's what I was mentioning earlier. You weren't out to to carve a, a space for women to walk through. You were just doing what you were doing, but that did happen.
3: It did happen.
0: Yeah, it sure did. And that
3: is I, I, massive. I kicked down the door because... In all honesty, I did not see the door. Fantastic. That—that's the truth. And people are always asking me that same thing. You know, was it like being the only girl and blah blah blah? Well, again, I didn't really think about it. Right. Right. I was just there. You're, yeah. You're I wasn't an it. email musician. I was just—I'd say hi, Susie. Hi. Yeah. I play bass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, but, but, I've told lots of young girls starting out in the business. Yeah. Um I do keep my female card in my back pocket. Mm.
0: Mm. Okay. Because
3: when you're with guys, they can get stupid. (laughs) They can get out of hand. And you must never lose respect. And the respect is when you know, when like I've been okay, for instance, I walked into a party one time after the show. And I was the only girl, of course, lots of bands, and everybody was sitting in somebody's room like you do and having a beer and da-da-da-da-da, and they had on a blue movie channel, Mm. and I walked in, Mm -hmm. and I said, off. It looked at me like that. I said, turn it off now, and they did, and my husband tells me how surprised he was, and I say, you can't sit in that room with a bunch of guys and watch porn, Reiner. That isn't going to happen. Right. not going to respect you. Well, that's, they switched it off. That's when I pulled my card out. You don't know, like, you know, like the penalty card in a football game. You don't know what I yeah.
0: Well, and, when, you did, yeah. when, when you can, when you feel it's the right time, you pull that card out. I think it goes sure. back to what you were saying about the, your dad said, or your mom, one of them, I forget now, which said you had a choice. Yes. You had a choice. So that's where that comes from. I mean, all the way back to that, right?
3: I guess. And yeah. they stepped on, and that stepped on those sensibilities. And that's deeply
0: ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. you know i'm quite square that way i'm kind of yeah. square too i think that's part of the era we came from out of the 50s era which you know we we kind of crawled out of as women you know <laughs> to some degree yeah. Yeah, but yeah a lot of it stuck right there, there was a moment in the documentary where you say i realized i had a moment i'm Susie quattro you know that was such a powerful part of the documentary what what caused, what inside you happened to make you feel that? It was,
3: it, it's something I never will forget. Um, You know, I'd been in bands from age 14. Then I went to England, age 21, then 23. Finally, I, I put my band together. Finally, I'm on the verge, got the record, May Can the Can. Everybody knew it was going to be a hit, felt like it. Yeah. And uh we discussed outfits and I told Mickey Leather, that's documented. He didn't want me to wear leather. And I insisted, and he said, because I always get my way, he said, no, I do. <laughs> uh, and he said, okay, 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 okay. And then he said, um, he, he sat for him and he went like that, you know, he said, jumpsuit. And I swear to God, Pamela, let the gods strike me down dead right now. I had no idea that it was going to be sexy. I thought a jumpsuit was a great idea because i I'd jump around yeah. and everything stays in place i didn't have to tuck something in it and i thought oh yeah that's great and all all in one yeah didn't know it. anyways but it gets better so then, then we're okay so he's get this jumpsuit made for me he gave me all his chains to wear which his widow gave me and they're up in my ego room oh i'm sorry mm-hmm. happy I had those um mm-hmm. so we're standing there my first photo session my first jumpsuit my first hit record not released yet but we're doing the publicity shots playing on the stereo, the the Gerard Mankiewicz, very known photographer, he's standing there, I always remember, in my suit, you know, my record, and the boys are lying at my feet in various poses. Yes, and all that. yes. It's so- and, and Lenny, Lenny, put it, and what wouldn't do it, he said it just would look a bit better, he put it down a little bit, but I didn't have anything anyway, but he put it <laughs> down a little bit. So I'm standing there waiting for the session to begin, and Gerard Mankiewicz, he said to me, "The band—I mean, the, the, the song's playing. Boys are at my feet. I'm in my suit. The zipper's slightly down." And he said, "Now, give me that Susie Quattro look." And I just—you <laughs> became tough instantly, tough. But I, all of a sudden, I had a look. I—I I mean, this is that picture. I remember doing that pose. Yes. And I remember him so, saying, "That's it. That's it exactly." So all the years leading up to practicing, playing, being in this band and that and that, you know what I mean? All the different things. Yeah. Then to that one moment, him saying, give me that Susie Quattro look. All of a sudden I knew what he meant. <laughs> I had a Susie Quattro look. Well you already yeah. had it. Yeah. You've been using it on stage, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I didn't know. I didn't know till he yeah. crystallized yeah. it. Give me that out. Yeah.
0: Boom. You know. <laughs> yeah. uh, so cool. It, what was it like? I mean you were surrounded by men all the time. And you did fall in love with your guitar player. I mean, so those things obviously happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, then,
3: that 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 that's Richard's dad, isn't that funny? I handed yeah. he handed over the, over the baton to his son. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, how did you? Yeah, we How were, did you maintain your. That Susie Quattro look around? You know, all these men all the time. I mean, you're mainly around men, right? I mean, your whole career. Yeah, I'm. I can
3: handle myself. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody steps out of line with me. And if they do, they only do it that one time. I can handle myself. Mm -hmm. I have a face of sharp wit and a tongue that can stop a man at 10 paces if I need to. And I have the quickest knee in the business.
0: (laughs) 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 That's That's a good thing
3: to have. Uh, absolutely no I can take care of myself uh, and and you know if if you're standing there if you're presenting yourself with self-belief and self-respect
0: yes that's, that's it obviously yeah. you, obviously you this have lot get. Of, you you have a lot of self-respect and that's that that's how you're able to also there's a quote where you said you developed a smart mouth and that mm-hmm. probably helped right so, was, was that Was that something you actually developed? I mean, you 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 made a plan to just be tough that way, so that you could get in and out of situations easier. No, I'm I'm always
3: been very quick witted, and God, my mouth has always been my weapon. (laughs) (laughs) That's another good. There's another one. (laughs) Is my weapon. A good one. And I and I only mean for talking. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I like that. So, what 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 made you? I mean, at, at fourteen, before anyone was. I mean, p- to pick up a bass. I, I mean, I saw the documentary, and I know how you actually came to the bass because the other instruments were taken at that point with your sister. Yeah. Right. Yes. But. That was really ballsy or uh, no, that had a lot of ovaries to pick up that, that big thing and, and kick ass with it. Did it just feel natural? I, oh, totally, totally. Um,
3: my first instrument was bongo drums at seven. And my dad used to let me go to his gigs and play in front of him. He used to give me a little quarter every now and again. Uh, and then I went to classical piano I know, 25 cents, right? I went to classical piano, then I went to percussion. So all my instincts are percussive mm-hmm. because piano is a percussive instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to my dad and I said, do you have a bass for starting a band? And he gave me the 1957 Fender Precision, which mm-hmm. is the Rolls Royce of basses and the hardest one to play, but I didn't know that. Ah. I, d- I just thought, okay, here's my bass. This is yep. what I play. Yeah, so uh-huh. it was when I went like that and put it down, I went, yeah, it just, it was just right. A lot of people say I look like I was born with a bass in my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real natural instrument for me. You can write it sometimes, you know, and yeah, and I have a percussive mind anyway when I write and when I sing, and yeah, I love the bass. I
0: it's love the bass. It's a real sexy instrument, and certainly the way you hold it and the way you move with it is just, I mean, wow, it's hot. hot, hot enough. <laughs> that is where it hits you, you know.
3: It hits you yeah. in the right place.
0: <laughs> it does hit you in the right place. You know, I'm, I'm a huge Elvis fan too. I've got his signature tattooed on my back and the song treat me nice, which changed my life. Cause I said, okay, how can I treat Elvis nice? But in my case, I said to myself, I want to be with Elvis. I was a little older than you seven or eight. You were five and a half. right? And you said, I want to be Elvis. Yes. So this is a huge difference. I know. <laughs> it, shows you, it shows you how my path was
3: set from so young. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I'm amazed at it myself. And I remember it happening a pivotal moment. Yeah. We were watching that Ed Sullivan show. And that's yes, exactly all five of us in the room. Remember the show. We all watched it every Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, something for the youngsters at the end, you know, and he used to bring out whoever. And yeah. my one eldest sister, she's nine years older. So on comes Elvis. He's doing, don't be cool. I'm five and a half. And she starts to scream. And I remember looking at her thinking, I'm only little, why are you screaming? Uh Then I looked at the TV and I went in, in Mm. like hypnotized Mm. and Mm -hmm. I went, I'm going to do that.
0: I know that's just amazing at that age. That's, and, and to, and to actually do it, you know,
3: And he's been here. You know, he's been my spiritual advisor my entire life. I have at least eight or nine Elvis epiphanies that you can't make up. Can I please
0: do just one?
3: Okay, there was that one, first of all. (laughs) Yes. Um, Then at 18, I was in bands then for four years. And we were in a hotel somewhere and I watched the Elvis Presley comeback special. And I decided leather was for me at that point. Got my first leather jacket the next day. Wow! Then you have to fast forward to oh, then 1971. Mickey comes to see Cradle. Mickey Most from England. Right. They had pushed me to the back for about 18 months to bring my little sister in, so I took a little bit of a back seat. But you can't hide the light. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's what you can't do. So I was just and I got up to sing two songs. That's all and Nancy sang everything else the whole night. And I did one that I wrote, and then I broke into Jailhouse ruck. Oh. So oh. another another epiphany. Mickey said, I only want you, I'm not interested in the band. Uh-huh. Then, Flash forward 1973, I recorded All Shook Up on my first album. It was out in America in 74 on the charts, and I was in Memphis, and the phone rang in the room, and it was Elvis's People. And then he got on. He got on the phone, <gasps> and he said, "I always remembered." He said, uh, oh, "Hello, hello, uh, yeah." Uh-huh. <laughs> he said, this is uh, Elvis Presley, and I just wanted you to know that uh, I heard your version of All Shook Up, and I like it the best since my own, and I'd like to invite you all to Graceland. Uh, and I replied, "I'm very busy." No, I did because <laughs> I, had, I know, I know, nuts, a jerk moment. Um, <laughs> At least was, I know he was a spiritual thing to me, and I didn't want to ruin that. And I ended up being correct. And I'll tell you why. So mm-hmm. then you got to fast forward again to 1977. Um, I had flown in from Japan at the request of Happy Days to mm-hmm. audition for this part. They had this part for six months; they couldn't cast it, and um, they saw me on the cover of Rolling Stone, and they said, "That's that's her. That's the one." Who is she? And so they got a hold of me, and I flew out on my own money. Yeah. I I had the audition, met Henry, met the director, I met the producer. And they said, okay, I did a little reading. They said, go back to your hotel room and we'll call you. I said, okay. So I'm like this, waiting for the phone to ring. I'm sitting out, out, you know, right by the desk waiting for the phone to ring. And I'd switched on the TV. They called and they said, okay, congratulations. We not only want you for the two-parter episode, we want you, for a total of 15 over three years. And I, just as I was gonna go, yay, the TV oh. said, newsflash, oh. the king is dead. Gosh, what a you moment. You me. cannot write this stuff. No, you shouldn't. And doing. I remember going, <sighs> like, oh. unbelievable to happen like that, right as I took that call. And then, <laughs> that, okay, okay, so then, then I get back two or three months later, I'm gonna film my, my first episodes. Yeah, and they brought up this man to meet me, and they said, "Susie, meet Nudie. He's going to be doing your her costume for the show. Elvis, Elvis's personal Nudie. tailor." Yes, I am. Excuse know, me, how does this shit happen? You know. <laughs> and then the final one, I think. And then I found out from Linda Thompson that he, he her, and uh, him used to go into Rodney's, Rodney Bingenheimer's. Yep. And he used to sometimes sit up on the top floor, the VIP floor. Yes. And all he did was play my music, and she said Elvis would watch you, not in a sexual way. He mm-hmm. would watch you like that. You mean I, in I person tingling. you were there so in person? I get tingly. I get tingly. So now we're nearly at the end. So um, I, I wrote a tribute to him, and you can Google it. It's just a marvelous record. Singing oh. with Angels. Oh. Um, it's become a cult hit. It's Elvis impersonating is recorded and it's played at few and most. Wow. You, have, you can Google it. You okay. can Google it. I will. Uh, so I did it with James Taylor and the Jordanaires in Elvis' studio. Okay.
2: I heard your voice late last night I heard you say are you lonesome tonight I saw you crying in the chapel light Love me tender and treat me nice Lonely boy got the G.I. blues That's all right, mama's watching over you Wise men say if you don't be cruel You'll get to heaven wearing blue suede shoes Singing with angels Singing with angels Safe in God's promised land Singing with
3: angels So this is weird. So I'm just, I mean, I'm feeling tingly now. So it was my tribute to him. And then just finish it off. We're standing outside and I played James Taylor who has since become a good friend. Um, I played him some of my new album I was working on and he heard it on the headphones and I'm just, I was walking around. He said, Susie, come here. I said, yeah. He said, I just gotta tell you something. I said, what? He said, you know, you have the same thing. I'm getting goosebumps now. You know, you have the same thing Elvis had. I went, (gasps) I said, what? I said, you can't leave it there. I said, what do you mean? (laughs) He he said, okay, the only way I can explain it is that everything you do is Susie.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: So good. I I remember I said to him, I went, I don't even care if you meant it, you said it. (laughs) So that's like sort of as far as my epiphanies have gone, but you cannot write this stuff. That's wonderful. Wonderful. It's good I didn't meet him because he stayed... As a, as a spiritual advisor, in yeah. a way.
0: Yeah, you know? I get that. I get yeah. that. I had the opportunity to meet him, too, and I didn't take that opportunity because I had just gotten engaged to Michael, my ex-husband, and I was afraid I might do something I'd regret. And so I never met him either, even though I could have. Larry Geller called. Remember Larry? Larry sure. was, yeah. He called and said, Elvis wants someone to watch TV with, and I just... I just, I just said, I just can't do that. So he's well, he's like that for me too. And when I went to Graceland, you know, all his spiritual books, have you been there since? Have you been to Graceland? I,
3: I've done the documentary about uh, Graceland. It was the first time I went. So I went everywhere in there. Um, yeah. And, and he had, I had the prophet by the side of my bed my whole life. I didn't know he did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He was very spiritual guy. No one knew that. I know, but I had the same book. Yeah, I did too. I yeah. Think-
3: un- unbelievable. And, and I heard that, uh, what was I going to say now? The, um, oh god, I can't remember now. I lost my, lost my train of thought. Well, we were talking about, oh, about night. audiences. Oh. I've always said through many interviews, many, 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 many times that, um, each, each audience is a new animal and you got to tame each one all over again. You mm. never rest on last night's show. You can't do that. Never take it for granted that they're going to like you. And then I read, not that long ago, in an old interview of Elvis, he said the same thing about taming and hiding. Oh, there's just a connection there. You yeah. know, in the, yeah. the way that uh, Linda Thompson said that he just, she said, and she showed me, she said, your, your picture would be here in the jumpsuit, and your, Ronnie would be playing music, and he'd be like this. <laughs> like I looked at him yeah. at five and a half. I looked into that screen that way and he looked at so there's there definitely
0: a connection. I love definitely. it. Uh, yeah, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. When I saw that you were so into Elvis, I I, I mean I just I'm I I'm kind of obsessed. Yeah. And he loved James Dean and I'm obsessed with him too. He used to quote all the James Dean ly- uh, lyrics. Uh <laughs> you know, words from oh, his mind. mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Gosh, there's—I mean, there's so much we could talk about. It's insane. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm, I have a big, long list of questions. That I'm couldn't... like, yeah, but we're just talking. I know, I know, <laughs> but 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 I'm fascinated with all this. Every everything in your life, you know. To, uh, and and the the new album, I love the the song, the isolation song. Isolation blues. Yeah, yeah isolation blues. It's so good. And it's you're... done so good. It's done
3: so good. I'm so proud of my
0: son. Yes, yes, you're so, so. Tell me about you what know. You this
3: know. is our second outing together, and yeah. I mean the reviews have been gushingly embarrassing. So good, and no. and he he found his feet. First album, no control, got our feet wet. This one, yeah. he found his confidence, and wow, he got belligerent. Oh well, that's probably a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was. Yeah. But I had really, who is this? He kept saying to me, "Mom, no control was great." And he kept saying it over and over again. You have to trust me on this album. I know exactly the kind of album you should be making. Ex- trust me. I went, "Okay, okay." I want this to be as groundbreaking as your first album. That's our benchmark. Did mm, it? Wow! Did it? Ooh. And what he was able to do, I gave birth to him. He gave rebirth to me. Oh, that's I wonderful. see myself right now, completely fresh through his eyes. It's like, I'm just starting now. So he's, he's turned on that part of me again. And how clever of him. Yes. How clever. And, and, and you recorded it in, at your home studio? Well, we did demos here, because I have a studio here. Yeah. Then we went into London, when we were, how we were allowed to do it bass and drums and then keys come in the next day. Da da da, da. Yeah. Richard used his guitar here. We found another studio. I did vocals and all the BVs. We did the videos in the garage. There's four videos released. Um wow, cool. I'm I'm just so proud of this album. We did it. We actually really did it. Yeah. You sure did. Well, wow. If I was starting now, if this was my first album, this is the album I would make. Hmm. Wow.
0: I'm so glad you feel They're that. Something. Yeah. It's, it's really excellent all the way through the Hey Queenie song reminds me, you know, of the, those days, of course, you know, that was a nod that was a nod to um, quite purposely
3: to glycerine queen from the first album. Oh, so yeah. yeah. So um, if that, that was a true story about a transvestite who doesn't do gender either came in and oh. um, and said, and he got in the dressing room. This is way back in 1974, no, 73. And um, my ex-husband said to him, "Hey, man, you take glycerine, and glycerine is something you put on your body to shine." Yeah. So he said, "Yeah." So he put it in his beer and drank it. So we called oh. him the Glycerine Queen. So Richard wanted <laughs> me to talk about the Glycerine Queen, but yeah. older. Oh right. So it was. A, it was. A, yeah. It was a purposeful oh.
2: nod
0: to that guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Good, good. I definitely noticed that. And but tell me more about the isolation song. I love I love it when you sing a ballad. you have such an amazing voice, and it's able you, we can really hear your entire vocal range and stuff in the ba- in the ballads.
2: It's another day. It's a wake-up call. Just another day
3: people don't know that but i i am a good ballad singer I always yeah. have been um, yes. i'm now doing it i mean my heart and soul i don't think i ever saying so good um and my voice is improving which i don't understand why that's happening so <laughs> so but that one it was about three months into the lockdown and mm. we're writing and writing and recording and writing and recording and richard showed me this riff and i said i like that and he said should we call this lockdown blues i said no we won't Mm. isolation blues because it doesn't have to be about the lockdown right but then I went into my little bubble on the patio you know those big apple things that they have and I got my acoustic guitar and I got the track on my computer and I wrote I I, I remember digging way down how am I feeling I can't see my husband I can't do any gigs I'm stuck in this house and I went down in there but I made it general, you know, and so many DJs and journalists have picked the song out like you just did. And finally, mm-hmm. after about 200 of them, mm-hmm. I finally asked the guy, why are all you people, because it's not a single, why are all you people picking this song? He said, I'll tell you why exactly. I've reviewed maybe 100 albums during lockdown. I said, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, and they all have their, their COVID track on it. Oh. And, they're, and they're all manufactured. Oh. Okay. and yours is completely honest yeah so it's exactly what's going on with no bullshit no embellishing just this is how it is mm-hmm. and I sang it I sang it really oh as I feeling it yeah Look, yeah. how,
0: how can a song like that be a strong song it's funny isn't it yeah well it makes sense to me yeah I love to hear you sing that way thank you And the the single is Do You Dance, right? Is that the single? Right now. That's the single out right now. Yeah, that's great fun. I got
3: a little bit rude in that, but you're allowed to at my age. (laughs) You You know, we can do anything at our age. We can do
0: anything, okay? We can do
3: what we like. You have to watch the video for that. It is very cheeky.
0: Okay, I will. Let's play.
3: There's four videos available from this. all no, oh, excellent. I mean, I am i haven't done such good videos in
0: years. Okay. Wow. Good, good. I good. Heart
3: and Soul, the Christmas one. Yeah. got yeah. a video, I Sold My Soul. Oh, that's a weird one. When you watch that video, I Sold My Soul today. I know you're going to do it when you hang up. I got to tell you about that, just so you don't think I'm a weirdo. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it's a strange song, and it's a strange video. Hmm. And I, my, my son had the riff, and he came up with that title, and I went, I mm. like the title, but I have to I have to think what this can be about. And then I got it. So it's about a, a woman who is quite square, a good lady, but with a real strong moral code. Okay?
2: Mm-hmm. Strong.
3: So she meets a guy, falls in love. He doesn't respect her moral code, even trying to introduce a third person into mm. the mix.
0: Mm.
3: Okay? So she keeps her moral code. She sticks to her principles. But she sells her soul because she stays in the relationship. Oh, okay. Mm. And I don't usually explain my songs, but that one I have to.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Because people will say, hmm, what what happened with her, you know, in her, <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: in her
0: relationships? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Now what, what, you know, my the people listening to, to my show a lot of time are super young and they probably haven't don't know about your happy days experiences so let's yeah 15 you did 15 of those
3: yeah i did uh the season 77 78 and 79 oh, that was have- a reflection yeah. do a couple rush back out i was always i was either making an album yeah. in between or touring so it was in out in out in out um great show i'm still very good friends with henry and ronnie we oh, email all the time. Yes. me um, yes. quotes for my books and this and that. Oh, Ronnie, oh bless him. I asked him to do a quote for my autobiography, you know, for Unzipped. Yes. And he sent me two and a half pages. I, said, <gasps> oh, I, said, that's I awesome. I wanted a quote. And he said, but I want to tell the story. I said, I could have to cut this down just a little bit. You realize it. Do oh, and he one. said, he said, we, we talked about it. He said. I asked him one time, I said, did it ever feel, cause it was my first acting job. I said, did, I, did it ever feel like I was a new actress in the show? And he said, no, you were just there. You just were there. Yeah, and he said to me one know. time, he, no, it was compliment. He said to me one time, and I, I wasn't quite sure what he meant and glad he explained it. He said, whatever you do, don't ever take acting lessons. <laughs> oh.
0: Said, why
3: are you saying that? He said, because <laughs> what you do is natural you embrace the character the acting lessons would ruin it don't ever take them okay
0: that's probably unusual to hear if you're and and you went on to do a lot of acting didn't you
3: yeah i did uh six or seven different series i did um Mm -hmm. big ones i did andy get your gun on the west end which i just adored I adored it, to walk in Ethel Merman's shoes. Oh, <laughs> what a challenge, yeah. what a challenge. And I wrote a musical about Tallulah Bankhead, which I started as Tallulah. That was also a challenge.
0: Um, I've well, never stopped, have you? Never stopped, have you? No, That's what, an I admire that so much. I was talking to my son about it today. I, I was, you know, she just doesn't stop and it keeps you young, it keeps you vibrant. It keeps you in the now which is the only yeah. thing we have, right? I mean, we can talk about our past and everything, but right now is what we have. And you just keep I doing it. <laughs> right now is all you have. And also yeah. more important, and I say it
3: all the time, I guess my mantra, my personal mantra. I said it when I got my um, honorary doctor of music award at Cambridge. Excuse yeah. me. Yes, she I saw that footage. I didn't even graduate high school. You've got to be kidding me. I said, I said, are you sure you want to make me a doctor? Um, and I say, I say it on stage and then I say, I'm Dr. Quattro and I have no patience. <laughs> <laughs> but I went up there in my cap and my gown, you know, it was surreal and looking out on all these I'm intellectuals, mad. you know, and I had my speech here and I just went, as is my way. I just went, yeah, I just flicked it off and I went, right. And then I just spoke. And what came out surprised even me. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. I said, looking out at all you people, I said, um, I don't care. Male, female, rich, poor, black, white. I don't care. I said, you have one job in life. That's to go inside and find your light. When you find it, switch it on and let nobody switch it off. And then I cried.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. That's so beautiful, Susie. My God, that's like a perfect advice for anyone at any stage of their life. It's I know.
3: Late I know. Today. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I said, if I can get this degree up here today, your possibilities are
0: endless. Yeah. Oh, and my husband was sobbing in the front row. I said, stop it. <laughs> He was so proud. So good. You've gotten so many accolades through the years, too.
3: Yeah, I've got a lot of awards, yeah. and I I take each one of them very serious. I I really take it to heart. You know, it's 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 yeah. an honor. It's an honor.
0: Yeah, people love to to give too. You know, a lot of times it's hard for people to, to accept, but that's equal with the giving. You know, you have to be generous about accepting that stuff too. Yeah, sure you do. So it seems like you are. Yeah. well I've I've worked hard. I've done my. I paid my dues. Yeah, but and it, I see you're about to go on tour again. I mean. I know. Sometimes,
3: I remember on New Year's Eve 2019, I was playing in front of 14,000 people. And I looked at them. I mean, it was fantastic. And in my head ran the thought, and you pay me? <laughs> I get that. I had a little internal smile and
0: I'll think, well, what's she laughing at? I said, hey, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have a big tour coming up. That must feel great to be able to just say, yes, I'm going out on the road again. There's a book full from July. My husband who books me keeps saying
3: we have to see how it rolls. But uh, next year, on April 20th, I play the Royal Albert Hall. (gasps) And I've been practicing this. This has to be said, sorry. The Queen of Rock and Roll is playing the Royal Albert Hall. (laughs) And I will turn this into this. (laughs) That's my opening when I go out. I got it <laughs>
0: <laughs> That is fantastic, Susie. Congratulations on your entire life, man. Thank you. Yes, it's just been. This is a perfect place to stop because wow, awesome. And we're going to be playing your music throughout. You know. Okay, clip. great, great. Okay. We can do it at any time, Pamela. You know, you want to talk again? <laughs> just give me a shout. Okay.
3: It looks like we talk quite easy. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What 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 sign are you?
0: I'm a Virgo, Virgo, Leo, Sag. Yeah. Okay. It's my only, my only Earth is my Virgo. Thank God I have it, or I'd just be up on the ceiling. <laughs> Virgos and Gemini uh, connect on the um,
3: mental activity level. Cool. Because we share the sign of communication, which is Mercury. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. I'm totally into it too. Always yeah, have. I am. Yeah. I've always been. Yeah. Get, get in touch again. We'll do it again anytime. I, I enjoy it.
0: Good night, guys. Thank you.
2: Motor City died in a freedom fight underneath the fires on a restless night. Oh, yeah. Set the
0: well, how about that? How about her? She has so much to say. And we really, you know, have so much in common. We're the same age and everything. I can't wait to have her back because, you know, there's many, many, many more stories to share. And thank you for listening, dolls. I really appreciate it. Please listen to all of our podcasts at Pantheon. And I'm going to be in Nashville, August 7th at the Rockin' Pod podcast convention so come meet me and meet some of our other podcasters okay dolls and please keep listening bye
1: to Pamela DeBar's Pajama Party, produced by Aaron Alden and Christian Swain. All sound design by Jerry Danielson and Busy Signal Studios. Find Miss Pamela at Pamela DeBar on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Find all the Pantheon podcasts at PantheonPodcast.com or wherever you find great podcasts. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Pantheon Podcasts, Rock and Roll Archaeology on Instagram, and Pantheon Pods on Twitter. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football